Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other, and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shit shot next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. Welcome along to the GAR. This is the football show on a Wednesday. So this is a football show, Conan, because we're talking about football rule changes. So we obviously saw the five proposals yesterday and we're going to bring you a show to have a chat about them. So we have David Hassan coming up on the show uh, very soon to maybe explain what the thinking behind some of the proposed rule changes are. Before we get into David, myself and Conan will probably run through them. But the one thing I noticed yesterday, Conan, is just Twitter and how how polarised people's opinions are on this, how some people like to think up of the worst case scenario, some people like to think of the best case scenario, some people like to say the game is, is an awful mess, some people like to say the game's absolutely grand, why mess with it? Some people like to say these rules are brought in just to facilitate Dublin winning more All-Irelands because the GEA look after Dublin. Then you've other like, people coming in, this is going to ruin Dublin, this is brought in to make sure <laughs> Dublin can't win, can't win yeah. All-Irelands. And it's like, holy shit, this is the worst, most toxic environment. Like, I made the mistake of tweeting about it, so did you, and just reading some of the replies. <laughs> some of these fellas replying to you having a notion and they're complaining about stuff, they just can't, they don't have it straight in their head, they're just complaining are you talking about me here (laughs) (laughs) no at least you had a thought process about what you were coming back with yeah like it's funny you say best case and worst case because we were arguing again in the office this morning I'm glad we got that argument out of the way wouldn't have been fit for (laughs) air everybody in the office just goes quiet and we start bickering at each other but yeah, like as you recall me, Doomsday scenario, but I'm sort of thinking your fairy tale scenario as well. Yeah. And maybe. And it's very unlike me to be so positive about things because my natural 
character is to be kind of glass yeah. half empty man but, but you like got a victory here with the offensive mark <laughs> and with the hand pass rule and well I have to say that the offensive mark and we're going to get into them that's absolutely my idea and I'm 100% taking responsibility for that now they called it the mark so they've given a mark to the defender and the attacker which I think have actually even improved that because mm. I wasn't given the mark to the defender I was just giving it to the attacker but obviously defenders would break the ball an awful lot but now they have actually a chance of winning an important mark themselves so I think that's actually moved on the offensive mark and the mark in general I think is a great one but we'll get into it in a minute but I just actually wanted to say that the GEA deserve a bit of credit because they have they are proactive on this and whether you agree with the proposals or not there are five new proposals and they're designed for me to improve catching improve kicking and encourage more positive play I think that's a good thing you've John Horan talking about a B championship so a lot of the things a lot of people are giving out about make the game more positive give it more teams something to something to um, play for they're doing these things and while I criticise the GA an awful lot like they are a very slow organisation to change so like I mean even to think that they're doing this instead of now I am complaining about the B championship saying just fix the whole year but even just to get the B in then it's just a slow process with the GA like I'm radical I I want it all fixed it's probably never going to happen. But this is the problem. This is my problem. Like you're radical, and then I'm looking at these proposals, going, "Fuck, these are very extreme." Like it seemed a bit reckless. And as much as people give out about the game, and you know, we complain on Twitter, and this is why you probably got two polarizing opinions. It's this is a very precious game. It's still, no matter what people yeah. say about it, it's the biggest sport in Ireland. Still trumps like two counties playing. Still more people tune in, and like more the Irish national yeah, football, Irish national team, football yeah. and rugby teams. And this is still the biggest. More people playing now more than ever it's 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 too important to yeah. sort of be so reckless with it about it. and we're going to get into the proposals in a minute but this is why then you have such sensitivity around yeah. it because people still appreciate where where it sits in our yeah. society we, we all love the game there's no doubt about that like I mean but I think most people are in agreement that the game has gone uh, not so attractive from a spectator's point of view so this is obviously where we are now so the situation is is that the GA standing committee on playing rules the chairman of that is David Hassan who like I said will be coming up on the show soon they've issued five new rule changes so they're going to these are just proposing these to experiment with Gaelic football so now where the committee goes from here is they're going to engage in a consultation process um, in the in the next couple of months and they're going to talk to managers they're going to talk to officials they're going to talk to referees and they're going to get some feedback to them so we could potentially maybe see little tinkers changes to them I'm not too sure how that works but they're going to get feedback then it's going to be it's going to go forward to a management committee and if they approve them these rule changes are going to be trialled during the league in 2019 they're not going to be in the championship 2019 they're going to be trialled during the league see which one works and see which ones don't work then the ones that people are happy with they'll probably get more feedback from managers see how it went have a look at video see what kind of the trends whatever um, kind of happened they will go to 2020 congress and they will be voted in for the 2020 championship so like I mean anyone that's losing their minds about this Jesus this is too soon there's going to be a lengthy process to see how these work in Gaelic football so we might as well go through the, the, the proposals here now so there's five of them so we'll start with the mark and I don't want to spend too long on this because we've talked about the mark like I said when I like to brag three years ago I was thinking about this even before the mark came into midfield I think the success of the mark in midfield has 
maybe fast track this in in that people were worried that the mark would slow the game down it didn't he was <laughs> uh, you're, you were the doom and gloom doomsday scenario on that as well and that I always have this in my locker when you have, when yeah, you think of that, more that, doomsday that was me just theorising what <laughs> others will do but anyway so the mark obviously you kick it outside the 45 caught inside the 20 metre line so like I mean the thing about this is is that when the forward catches the mark he has 15 seconds for it to be taken now 15 seconds is not a long period of time because when you catch that mark sometimes you'll fall on the ground you know there might be two or three seconds before you compose yourself then you're standing over it pretty much have to kick it straight away so we're not going to be seeing huge freak taking routines and all this owl nonsense I think it's just going to be a case of get your mark compose yourself take a breath and just tap it, try and tap it over the bar um, the referee will determine uh, that the player that takes the mark has been injured this is one little issue with it is that if a player says not great on his left foot catches the ball on that side so he goes up for the mark he comes down he could put his hand up and say I'm after hurting my hamstring yeah. and it's the nearest person to him then takes the mark now, having said that, again, this is the worst case scenario. You'll only really get away with doing that once. You know what I mean? If you continuously doing that, I can see a referee, um, do you know what I mean? Either saying you're not injured, stop, me- you know what I mean? Stop, fa- you're obviously feigning injury if you're just putting your hand up. Like it's a clear and obvious thing. Yeah. So that's the only, that's the only potential problem there. Another potential uh, issue people say is that it's too wide an area you could be punting down into the corner for a mark but again what's the benefit of that you won't kick it from the sideline there you know what I mean probably not well it's a very high risk unless Dean Rock or Killian O'Connor catch it they could come across but like Killian O'Connor's missed easier ones than there do you know that kind of way unless like the worst case scenario is that people start taking marks in the corner but how what's the benefit I don't see the benefit of it whereas you could be giving good diagonal balls in and maybe catching it in a nice dangerous area and I think in that scenario where you're catching it in a nice dangerous area where the the major benefit is well then I think anyone can really tap it over the bar do you know yeah. what I mean I don't think this feigning injury the feigning injury is on, is is definitely one issue but they can also play away as well as the they other they can play thing. away now, the good thing about this is how many times have we saw like Aiden O'Shea going to full forward any any big man Damien Comer and there's almost like an unwritten rule where if they catch it you're allowed to beat the shit out of them yeah. like you're allowed to go at them and they don't get freeze for it and it's not fair and they're not rewarded for catching the ball which is a, obviously yeah. a great skill I do yeah I, I would sort of wonder I don't want to reward people for a 25 metre punt down the line but they should just play away in that scenario so they'll play away so there's any benefit in doing it I'm not too sure so, like, yeah. so like, this is fine Like, um, let's try it out okay. I'm flexible we're trying that one out that's fine because we have talked about that so all sidelines should be kicked forward there's another one so the exception to this is that so this is the second one so it'll be played forward from the direction of the kick so basically this is like when sidelines were taken when I was playing I don't think I've ever taken a sideline backwards in my life it just never would have even been in my head to kick it backwards because usually the fellas backwards were being marked because they were marking someone and it was like why give it to someone being marked backwards when you give it instead of giving it to someone who's being marked forwards but anyway so the exception to this is a sideline inside the opponent's 13 metre line so if it is inside the 13 metre line you can kick it in any direction so Conan thoughts on this uh, I think it's it's an unnecessary one I think it's pretty silly like again the, like this stipulation that if you're inside the 13 metre line or on the 13 metre line you can go back but what if you're 15 metres out you have to go forward and you have to shoot from a sideline I think you I think you probably I think the optimal thing, optimum thing to do if you're 15 out 
is to try and go for a point. I don't think there's any kind of way around that. From a sideline, like I just like we remember Morris Fitzgerald scoring. No, that was further out, but we remember that because it's so hard to do. Like do you know, yeah. you don't often see scores from that. So no. I don't think it's really thinking practically. But a lot of a lot of players that get sidelines down that far take a go off it anyways like they do if you're inside the 21 and it's a sideline ball a lot of them are taking a shot from there you know so yeah. it's not the, I don't see that as the end the end of the world what I see a lot of these are going to be is outside of the left or right to someone and try and get an offensive mark I think that's probably how you know where they're going to go with sidelines in that scenario because there's a huge reward for giving a good diagonal ball and getting up there yeah just just there's just no reward either though for like a cross field ball like if it doesn't go forward and the ref also has to decide I'm just thinking about a club referee now as well trying to decide like rugby did it go forward or sideways you know what if I just completely opened up the whole game straight across the pitch but it was straight and yeah. it wasn't forward like, I, th- I, th- I don't know I think straight outside of the right and it curls a bit towards your side I think would be okay but I think right so the side this is obviously designed I think all of these are designed to force attacking play positive play because to be fair what's the percentage of sidelines now I would say up to 89% are going backwards and maybe backwards by 20 metres so they're trying to rule this out of the game because I think that's an, an abomination and I do think this is very well intentioned and again each one of these individually you can find problems with them but if you wrap them all up together and we might do that at the very end and sum them up I think that they can work if they can work all in unison together whereas the positive the sideline kicked forward if you were just to bring that in on its own now into the current game sure it would be a bit of a fa- it would be a bit of a farce because there wouldn't be enough men ahead of the ball I think with the other uh, potential rule changes there will be more people ahead of the ball and I think that, that the sideline kick going forward won't be a bad one so I don't think this yeah. is one that's going to cause huge amount of yeah, huge amount of I, I just think it's, just, I just think it's unnecessary there's 170 metres there along the side like you know and sometimes playing it to the keeper especially if it's Rory Began is a better option that gets the game going quicker and then he can be the quarterback and yeah. I just think it's not that practical right okay you're against that I'm happy enough with that um, sin bin so the sin bin is obviously replacing the black card so it's the black card infraction you go into the sin bin if you get your second yellow card which is a big one that goes into the sin bin for 10 minutes so like a subsequent black card um, will be penalised by another black card followed by a red and if you get a third yellow it's a red and you're off so you get two yellows and you get the black card foul and you go into the sin bin for 10 minutes uh, Sinbin has its faults but it's absolutely a huge upgrade on the black card penalty now which is to go off and bring on a sub so I'm abs- yeah. I, I would say Sinbin is probably the most popular one that's going to, com- going to come in yeah it's basically we've, we've been playing before about cynical play in the last five minutes of games yeah. where you're not punished just drag them down take the point and have 15 men still on so this is a better punishment I still think again there's a little issue there where like there's more of problems with the black card wording like you know why why do you still have to drag someone to the ground pulling someone and they stay up should still be that's the issue that but should uh, still be a my, black card I, I think they could have tinkered with that but I actually think the reaction t- to a referee getting a black card decision wrong now isn't going to be as extreme when the player's not you know when the penalty isn't as punitive you know yeah. like it, the, the emotive response of seeing Lee Keegan or somebody really big going off after 50 minutes of an all and final now he's going off from 15 minutes to 25 and he's back on so I don't think there'll be huge talking points now unless obviously his man scores a goal in that 10 minutes yeah. then it'll become a talking point it'll be less though it'll be less it'll be less emotive and it won't I don't think it will take up as much time debating whether it was a, yeah. it's just it'll just end up being just another silly call from a ref which there's 
so many to mend the yeah, game. Yeah, well, that's it, because I don't mind, like, you know, I would rather the team go down to 14 men and handicap them for being cynical, like, take yeah. your oil, like, you know, you've lost a man now because yeah. of that, but the other thing is, refs need to be pressured more into using the black card is another issue with it, so, again, that's not something the Football Review Committee are really going to go at, but no. the wording should be better. Now, so we get to the two big ones here now, so the restriction of hand passes is the next one, and after three hand passes, you must kick. So, like, I mean, this is going to cause most of the debate. I would... Obviously, my idea on this is is that this is trying to encourage teams to leave more players up the field because without players up the field on your f- after your third hand pass you won't have anybody to kick it to right so I favoured instead of this restriction of hand passes I, re- I favoured and we spoke it on the last show I favoured a restriction on how many players you can bring back what I think this is doing it's not restricting because the restriction obviously has some downsides as well in that four defenders are prohibited from coming from attacking so you lose that dynamic of of offensive players so if that came in there'd be people giving out about that this is what they've gone with my idea of this is that they're trying to encourage four or five forwards to be left up so that you'll have a kick pass to the half forward line and then you might have a kick pass for an offensive mark and it's trying to create more uh, positive play it's trying to um, obviously encourage the best skill in the whole game I think for me this is obviously open to opinion kicking for me is the greatest skill in Gaelic football inside of the boot you can punt you can go outside of the boot you can spin it you can do diagonal passes you can go off left or right it's just a be- it's a beautiful thing and what's great at the end of a kick pass is that the other great skill I think in the game is catching it catching a ball at pace over your head into your chest down at the ground wherever it is this is going is trying to encourage this yeah. so give me your thoughts on this I know you're completely against this yeah like listen I'm not I love kick passing this is why Jeremy Connolly and Enda Muldoon are my favourite players yeah. in the last 20 years like I love kick passing as well but I do think hand pass is a very fundamental part of, of Gaelic football they're giving you three Giving you they're three, not ruling. It would be different if they were ruling it out. They're giving you three. They're not ru- like they're giving you three. So you're going one hand pass, two hand pass, three hand pass. Really should be enough to get to get to get you out of trouble and then look for a kick pass. Like I mean, it should be enough. Yeah, but like you know, it's just it's, again practically of the third hand pass and the guy's under pressure, he should just be allowed to pop it back. But he can't. He has to get away and try and kick it somewhere. End up with a hoof downfield. I just I think this is rewarding teams as well who you're defending because like, they'll have a packed defence like say you're playing against Dublin who are hand passing around for a reason because you've got a lot of bodies back but now you're telling them you have to kick it after three so it's almost like you would just sit there and let them hand pass around knowing that they have to kick after three and they're probably going to find it a lot harder to get in then because they have to kick it yeah see that and that's fair enough and I do agree that if you wanted to continue with uh, ultra defensive system it's much more difficult for the attacking team to get through knowing that they have to kick past it on every fourth goal I absolutely accept that I do think that if you want to have that system you might not even get out of your own half against Dublin if you want to use the Dublin example because if you how will you get out of your own half when Dublin are pressing you and how difficult it is on a press with a hand pass with a kick pass it's virtually impossible so I think that managers are going to have to say right I'm over this team now 
I favour the defensive system right I can get some joy out of that but what do I do when I have the ball and I genuinely think that there is no way and you throw the offensive mark and the forward sidelines sidelines having to go forward it's it's literally impossible to have to play that system of that many men back because obviously defending is half your responsibility but attacking is the other half and I think you've got no attacking game you've none you've none having to kick the ball yeah. if you've nobody ahead of the ball how can you attack at pace you can't attack at pace it's impossible Like yeah and the reason I use Dublin as an example I think this is one where it does seem like they're being punished it's not a, a rule to punish Dublin but they will be sort of indirectly punished a little bit because they're hand passing in response to what they're seeing so I think the problem is blanket defences and Dublin are responding to that by keeping the ball and yeah but blanket defences attacking game is based around hand passing yeah. so they're going to be punished on that do you know what I mean so there's a flip side but if you think of the defensive side which you are there's a flip side which is equally 50-50% equal so you're thinking of the benefits of one but you're, they're absolutely giving you no attacking game plan at all so my problem is like I don't think that game plan has a benefit anyway no like the defensive thing like I think you have to be able to attack that's why I've been giving out you know about Mahara felt that time you, sh- you yeah. have to attack to win games and like people just say we'll defend they don't really care about the score and then they just say we'll transition because they, the yeah, they have, yeah but they have that uh, they have that hand passing transition I now, think you can still do that against everybody but Dublin because Dublin are so aggressive and so physical like they can follow you all around the pitch I think if you look at Tyrone Roscommon there's space to transition like you know the pitch is massive you can still do a five yard kick pass if you wanted there's yeah I don't I, see we, we're not agreeing on this and we didn't agree with it in the office you think that there you can basically get loads of men back behind the ball now we haven't factored in the new kick pass or the new kick out rule either oh, don't so on every on every kick out we might as well bring this in here because on every kick out every team has to have six back six forwards inside the 45 on both ends with two midfielders on either team in the middle of the field so the amount of kickouts there are during a game you have to reset right to every single for every single kickout and bring all your forwards back up the other end of the field and bring all your defenders into there in the field so the 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 potential for teams to be bringing all their men back behind the ball you add in the kick pass you add in the forward sidelines these defensive systems will not be possible under all these restrictions because you can't get all get all your men back and the ball goes out for a, a, a kick out and you have <laughs> well within reason I think within reason so we'll read out this new kick out rule so for a kick out only two players from each team will be positioned between the, f- the f- two 45s so six defenders and six attackers have to be inside both sets of uh, 45s the ball from the kick out will have to travel beyond the 45 metre line uh, before being played by a player on the defending team other rules relating to kick out remain unchanged so now the penalties so basically everyone has to wait inside the 45 do you know what I compare this to the throw in at the start of a game so you're stuck in behind the 45s the minute the ball thrown in half forwards half backs can light in, in under the brakes right so this is what's going to be like for kickouts. so this is why I think defensive systems will be won't be possible when you add all these in together so you're going to have a situation so you're both reset back into back into uh, a kind of a traditional shape the ball's kicked bang your half back line half forward will still be getting out under these breaks now I do take your point that it's a huge area there but if you want to kick it out just beyond the 45 for example so say a goalkeeper's just giving it to the wings and someone's running onto it by the time that ball hits the ground the half back line half forward line will be in on top of you anyway so yeah. to actually be able to ca- get a fetch that 
the halfback and half forward and haven't got out to you're going to have to give it a good flight you know what I mean you're going to have to get a good bit out there and even when you do get it out there the defenders and the backs can challenge for it it has to be a contest between the two midfielders so like I mean again I'm thinking of all the good things that can happen with this and I do take your point and a lot of people saying that it will only end up with two kind of wing backs there running to either wing but I don't think so because like I mean if it's close enough to run to the wing which is the easiest kick out by the time you get that ball in your hand you'll be sw- you know what I mean there will be people around you but if you want to get it to an area that they might not be able to get out you know under the break then like I mean that's going to have to be a big a big kick so I think traditional midfielders will be contesting these mm. balls I think when the ball is kicked out there will be fetching and I think there will be breaking ball and there'll be loads around looking for the break and the great thing about it is none of the players coming out can actually intercept this ball so it's it's two on two out there and go and win it I think like this if you're looking for traditional shape like I hate this rule by the way but if you're looking for traditional shape this rule doesn't need the hand passing rule then because I think what will happen with this like the keeper's 13 metres out for every kick out they can all kick it about 60 metres at county level at least so they can kick it to the 70 metre mark or whatever I think if you have any decent team if you have fast enough wing backs as we say in that middle area it's too big so you should win the kick out but every if you're, time if you're going to the 70 on the other side then the half backs and the half forwards from the other side will be yeah, out on top of you as well again, do you know just, what I mean so, a, but Dave they're all marking a mat like you know that's 6 feet 6 the in half, there the half, really line w- the half forward line will be abandoning their man and getting out under the break that's fact so the defenders it's like I've played wing back all my life you know, you know this in this dynamic the half back can either follow them out under break or can hold their position all that stays do you know what I mean yeah, so so like I mean I, th- I, I don't I think, think you could ever good. lose a kick out though from this so I think <laughs> traditional shape will just be there anyway but I think it'll just be like hurling you'll, you'll kick it out you'll win the kick out and then you'll have a shot every time because it'll be too easy it'll be 7v7 going the other way then like you'll just run onto the ball and then you'll automatically be in attack where you're six forwards being marked by six defenders Yeah, and it'll just be know. non-stop I don't know I think that like I mean if you look at it and say you play Carl O'Connell out in midfield yeah. and like he'd be the obvious one that'll win a race out to the sideline so he might win on your kick out but if Dublin play Brian Fenton Fenton's going to destroy O'Connell on his kick out so I think that's what I mean you'll win the kick every team should win their kick yeah, out but no, no team w- any team wants okay so here's my question does Brian Fenton have a better chance standing on the outside of Carroll O'Connell for example or who has the better chance I'd still back Fenton to win his aerial duels and and contest with Carroll O'Connell on the ground rather than the other way around do you get me so like yeah, I, no, I, do. I think you won't I, th- I don't think it'll be a case where Carroll O'Connell's will be used I think it'll be a case where Feely's where Fenton's where these new modern midfielders Parsons they can both run to the wings and they can fetch because without having both of those in your armoury you're only going to get screwed on the other do you get me I think that just the, that modern midfielder is what's going to be used in there yeah but when you have 56 metres by 88 is it like in that space between the 245 why would you want to fetch you shouldn't have to on your kick out so but this is the thing though like this is the thing so you're telling me and this is the point I'm making so if say if you're if you're not going as far as midfield Right, so say you just want to go 40, so it's 45 the lads are waiting on. So say you want to go 50. So Carl O'Connell is breaking down to a 50 metre ball. He wins it. He's running into two wing fours on the other side. You're not getting a great benefit out of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so but like, you wouldn't go that short. Like, the, the space is massive. Like, yeah. You would just go but it, this but this, but this is the thing. If it's that massive and you have to go a good bit further than that 50 metre mark, there has to be enough hang time on it that they're getting out there as well. 
Do you get me? So the, yeah. fur, the further you go, the more hang time on the kick out, the better opportunity these to have for them. Because wait and you see, it'll be like a throw in. They'll be lined up on the 45, ready to get, get out there. Now, this is a sprint. You look at a throw in, they're out there already. The minute that ball is broken down from a throw in, they're yeah. out there. So they're going to be out there from kick outs. The only way to actually get it past them is to put a good big a good flight on the ball win your win your midfield mark and then they'll leave you alone you see you're yeah. forgetting about the midfield mark then as well but the middle of that area in Crew Park anyway is 44 metres from the next line of, like so from the next 45 metre line there's 44 metres into the middle of it and then another 44 metres so that's a long way for people to come and then the halfbacks on the other side won't risk it because they're marking a man so if I was Dublin, you would have McCaffrey and Merchant just running into space and win the ball. And then, like just off the back of it, like the, when you come down to club level, what if you can't kick at forty-five meters? Like, what, what if there's a big wind? That's the big issue. That would be an issue for me. That at club level, there's a big wind and the goalkeeper can't get out past forty-five. I think in that scenario where the ball's being held up, it's being blown back the midfielders can still come through and catch it and they just can't be touched until they catch the ball I think there has to be a bit of leeway and we'll, a- we'll ask uh, David about that like you know, leeway because but that's not the rule you know like, is it the rule or is there leeway like? well it's not it, it, uh, like I mean there's still what's going to happen regardless if it doesn't quite make the 45 is that the two midfielders have to be the ones that have to contest this right so like I mean the, the defenders and the forwards have to leave it until it's actually contested between two people I think that's the principle behind it so there's obviously penalties um, there's penalties relating to this so for any player on the team taking a kick out um, before it has travelled outside the 45 metre line or has been played by an opposing player um, right so that's if anybody touches it before it gets out there so you cancel the kick out or the throw in or there's a throw in on the defender's 20 metre line in front of the scoring space then for a player who crosses the 45 metre line before the kick out is kicked or for a player in the opinion of the referee deliberately trying to seek a delay in the kick out but not retreating behind the 45 in a timely manner penalty for the two of them are a 45 metre free off the ground in front of the scoring space should be awarded um, so like I mean and then if two players simultaneously cross the 45 metre line a back and a forward at the same time well then there's a throw in awarded at the centre of the 45 metre line so they, they, they have a lot of people they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of stuff covered because the main thing I was concerned about was, was the time wasting that right well, we're not back set we're not back in position and like I mean that's clearly a, f- a foul that you know is punishable by a 45 metre free off the ground so if you're trying to labour getting back there again and that's an important element of keeping the traditional structure because if you have all your men back defending and there's a kick out they, they, they'd ha- literally have to get a, sp- a sprint back into position like do you really want your team doing that then the kick out is and kick out's there and does your team start drifting and then sprinting back it's just like I mean I I think this is again encouraging teams to leave the majority of the players in a traditional shape or else you know it, they have to do it at every reset there's no yeah. question about it you add this which I think this kick out is going to keep a traditional structure now I'm being very positive about this because I actually think well, it I think, will keep a traditional but it will change midfielders overnight like the, the type see, of I do, see I don't think so because I think Owen Merchant is just going to be such a liability on the opposition's kick outs you're going to give away too many marks because like, he'll be marking another whip it doesn't matter like the whippets will win the ball he'll win the kick out no, all no, the time why, no if you've asked. got Merchant in midfield O'Connor surely to God you put David Moran on him so he's going to struggle with Merchant off the ground Merchant probably won't win marks but then David Moran won't win any the other way like, David Moran but David Moran destroys merchants with long kickouts 
close to it, close yeah. to the opposition goal. What does Merchant destroy David Moore? He runs, he runs a hundred metres and after runs the, the side, the sideline. Moore yeah, with more runs up the pitch on, no, on but with, with more on, on goal side of him. So more and more won't keep up with Merchant running wait, up the sideline. Listen to me. So if Merchant is sprint to the sideline for these kickouts, and Moran knows exactly right, well, I'm not going to even chase him out there. I'm going to sprint diagonally and, and stop him off before he gets to goal. Yeah, but what can, no, but what can Merchant do to Moran on the other side? He can do nothing really. He he just going to concede. That's, that's my problem. Like so, either way, the, you'll win your kickout. You will win your kickout either way but if Mo- your keeper can get it beyond the forty-five. Yeah, but Mo- but Moran will win kickouts. I know in a much more offensive place than, than Merchant will because Merchant can only win it from the sideline Moran can literally win it nearly on the opposition's 45 well, with a mark Merchant could also stand on the sideline and run into the middle he could run over the top like yeah, it, but then Moran could just, find him over the top but then well. Moran will just stay there stay there yeah like, but then I mean, it's one on one in this massive area yeah Do you know I, 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 I can see the point you're making but I think by picking a tiny little fella you're losing you, while you might gain on one side you won't, you'll lose out too much on the other side because you lose out to good fetches with marks a, a good bit down the field but yeah this is like I'm saying both teams will always win the kickers that's what I'm through and I think from a kicker you should always get a shot away because you'll always win it and you'll have space to run into like this well, no, is the problem because I, cause I, like I said that David Moran can let Merchant off to the wing but can stay goal side of him like, I mean that's the way it'll work I would just take it past him or, you know, know. <laughs> he'll have a lot of space to pick out one of his six forwards here yeah. And yeah and he'll move it on with a kick pass which I'd be perfectly fine with that'll be football then it'll just be kick it out win it kick like you know yeah. and there's no I, okay that's your your opinion is that because we disagree on this your opinion is that teams will pick tiny little men my opinion is that you lose too much by picking a tiny man that you because most managers will say yes we want to win our kick outs but we also want to be able to contest theirs a tiny little man can maybe win your own but you can, you actually can yeah. contest there so what I can see is the modern midfielder like the Feelys like the like a Daniel Flynn might go out there like a like a, a Fenton obviously like Michael Darren McCauley I still see all these modern midfielders who can do a bit of both but so how are no they more point. offensive than if Merchant wins it like they just caught it then Merchant can just tackle them push them back for the mark yeah, but then the, the game stop. Merchant can run the ball and then run on into space. No, no, you're not understanding because, like, I mean, if Fenton catches a mark, right, and Fenton, if David Moran catches a mark and Merchant has to back off him, he's a free kick in. Yeah. If Merchant catches it, now he's getting this right in the centre of goals so he can pick out a lovely offensive mark, no problem, because he's that far down the field. If Merchant gets it, the only way Merchant gets it is by whipping it out towards the sideline because if he starts in the or middle... Anywhere, you know, he could like 2v2 more, in this more, massive area. But uh, anyways, can you see Merchant getting the ball without David Moran on goal side of him? It's impossible. He I can't. Can, yeah, I can see him winning it and then just running past David Moran. I'm saying either way, so if you have Moran and Merchant, like... Kerry will win all the kickouts. Dublin will win all the kickouts. So every single kickout will just be win. It will just be won by the team who kick it out, yeah. and they'll get it a shot yeah. away. I personally, be shit. okay. Personally, I think that both teams can win their kickouts. Merchant winning it with his running game won't be in it in as an offensive position as catching a mark for way further down the field that's my that's my point on it and we, like we've gone definitely too far on that because we're clearly not um, understanding I'm glad we got that row in the office out of the way because <laughs> th- that was on the hand passing one imagine if we continued that one you started on started banging your head off the table <laughs> right well we've talked enough about it anyways Conan and you're actually down I'm positive about all five of them you're positive about the sin bin and the offensive mark I can make me peace with two of them I think all five have problems I think three are in well, every no matter there's not one going to find no problems with. Let's be honest about this now. There's no one going to universally agree. And judging by the responses yesterday, there is not a rule change 
like some people don't want any rule changes never mind like f- yeah. they're going but to find I, fault with everything it's Gaelic football it I has can, to be I can find potential fault with some of them but I can, I'm, I'm positive enough about all of them and if they all get in together that this can really improve the game and I think regardless managers are going to take a step back and go right how is this going to work on both the defensive and offensive side and I think that they'll all choose the, the more positive one um, I hope to do again I'm positive enough about it that these should all be trialled and they'll all hopefully they'll all be trialled in the league and I'll be the first one to hold my hands up and say shit that didn't work that was a bit of a that turned the game like whatever point you're making about it but for a league in 2019 I don't think I think the game needs this I think the, ha- the catch and kicking offensive side of the game right now it's all about defences it's all about hand passing I think we'd agree on that yes absolutely defences and hand passing are dominating Gaelic football the majority of supporters don't like it this is trying to remedy that now there's obviously people aren't going to agree on whether they're the perfect fixes for them but why not just get a look and see and if they're not then sure they won't get through because nobody wants to see a farcical doomsday scenario that some people are imagining if that doomsday scenario arises Jesus Christ we'll say here listen that's clearly stupid and got that one wrong or whatever it's just too big and too good of a sport to just be so reckless with these rule changes I I don't think you just pluck someone out of your arse and just say let's try this for the crack come on Conan they didn't pluck it out of your arse well wait and you say David will be on now in a minute I'll I'll happily put this to David (laughs) will you tell him he plucked it out of his arse I would because this isn't good enough clearly had meetings about this several meetings they dismissed a Joe Brawley's article from two years ago literally for that kick out one and that's the exact same rule that he proposed two years ago Joe Brawley came on the charm offensive on Monday and started saying that these guys are going to do great work and suddenly on Tuesday we've got rule changes Conan give me a break are you telling me that they read something Joe Brawley said on a Monday and they actually decided to change all the rule (laughs) changes I'm just telling you the pattern I'm not telling you no no that's just silly what you're after saying there right come here we'll come back uh, with David Hassan next I've had fellas follow me and not just carplets you know what I mean mm. uh, it happens it happens yeah. and, and it does happen yeah. but I'll tell you one thing it's a lonely spot and the best thing you can do is keep moving and I thought Connolly yeah. looked to be trying to do yeah. that the last time yeah. the camera show doesn't look great yeah there was um, maybe if they could say it was theatrical or whatever but like the reality is that there was contact and um, I wasn't trying to win a penalty I was trying to go out and win the ball you know actually it's funny your man Conan what's your name on, the, on your programme like I, I was wondering if he had the same match as me. He was kind of making out Terry, but unlucky to lose. Like, all right, delighted to say, Chairman of the Standing Committee on Playing Rules, David Hassan, joins us on the line now. David, how's it going? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Colm. Yeah, no, all, all good, yeah. I'd say your phone has been hopping today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I suppose we, we realised uh, as soon as the uh, consultation process would begin, which began yesterday, that that would, I suppose, inevitably bring into the sort of public realm or public interest, uh, you know, what those proposals were from the, from the committee. So in order for the consultation to take place with the players and the managers and, and the referees and a range of other people, that, as I say, that that, that would uh, require us to, to publish what our proposals were. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a topic of conversation, has been for some considerable period of time, and with that, you know, it was inevitable that people would, would want to know a bit more about them. So, yeah, it has yeah. been a lot of interest. That's, that's just, 
just give yeah. us an idea of how many hours went into coming up with these or how many meetings you had um, you know how long it took yeah uh, so we started back uh, just late March as you know a new drawn took up position and it actually coincided with uh, the appointment of Tom Ryan uh, so so it was a slight delay but it was late March early April and since then we've been working pretty much it would be wrong to say non-stop but it's been a fairly intensive piece of work over the last six seven months so in total we've had uh, five meetings we'll have another meeting now in a few weeks time uh, just to consider the the feedback that we'll have received from the proposals but yeah it's been a, it's been a big commitment and uh, you know, you also know the the composition of the pay. It's people like Brian Cox, Bantry County managers, people like David Collins, you, you know, the president of the GPA, uh, Seamus Kenny. So we've had we've had a good mix of uh, both you know managers, players, uh, officials, and everything. So yeah, they 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 they've done a, a sterling bit of work. You know, just yes, yeah, because on the committee, because some people will complain about the fact that there's some hurling people, exclusively hurling people. You know, like Frank Murphy, and like uh, without, without turning the hurling snob into football snobbery, like they wouldn't know one end of a football from the other. So how? Their actual, what their input is like on playing rules for football? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the, the reality is that there's, there's um, you know, the committee is obliged to consider both hurling and football. Uh, so, and, and the fact that it exists for a period of three years during the period of it. So, uh, so whilst the focus has obviously been on football this year, there has been some discussion also about hurling, and uh, uh, particularly in, in the area of the hand pass, and particularly in terms of you know we're recognising aspects of uh, some might refer to sort of cynical play emerging within hurling. The, I think yeah. referred to as sort of the, the pinning of the free hand that type of thing. So so I think it's entirely appropriate that we have people from hurling as well. And I suppose the nature of the two games is that people have a reasonable interest in both, even if on the face of it they're they're tied to to one of those. You know. Right. Okay. So now we'll go through the five proposals here, and we'll we'll actually focus on the two most radical ones, if if you want. And I suppose that's open to interpretation. But for me, the three hand pass and the kick out one are probably the ones that are are the most um, radical. So we'll start with the three hand passes, and maybe my talk is through. What you what you're kind of thinking there? Obviously, it's to encourage more kick passing, but uh, what else would you have been discussing? Sure. So um, that that's pretty straightforward in the sense that you know all the evidence and this dates back actually eight seasons of intercounty action. So this actually takes it back as far as 2011. If you look at all the the data around hand passing, in particular what people refer to as the chain of hand passing, so so that's a number of consecutive hand passes, let's say in any particular movement. That that the evidence is actually pretty clear on that. So. If, for instance, you decided, and some people have said, both after the publication of the proposal, but certainly before it, that we should really take a strong stand in relation to the hand pass and reduce it to two. If we reduced it to two hand passes, then you would actually cut the number of chains of hand passes that people would see in, in the matches by 40%. So, so uh, again, it depended to what extent you thought that, that that we needed to take a particularly strong position on that. Now, if you cut it to three, as the proposal would be, three consecutive hand passes, and then, then you must do something with the ball, kick it, or uh, take a shot at goal, or whatever that might be, you actually reduce it by about 30%. So, um, so I mean, the considered view, let's say, of both the data and also what, you know, having reviewed the, the video, et cetera, et cetera, would be that, you know, three consecutive hand passes would make a sufficient 
I'm rolled down to that, you know, um, issue regarding hand passes without being unduly restrictive. And so that's the other issue that the committee are very much mindful of and what I've seen and read about in, uh, in various uh, articles, um, both before and, and, and since. This notion that, you know, it's an unnatural process, that it's um, simply restricting hand passes won't have the impact that, you know, uh, people would like to see on the game. And in particular for forwards, you know, let's say coming in on goal to come up against a congested defence. People say we need the hand pass in order to, uh, you know, overcome that, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So it was about really trying to strike a balance in relation to that. So you know, we, we've, we're proposing three, but you're right to say that you know there'll, there'll be a range of views regarding everything from this two hand passes to you know, that we shouldn't do anything at all about it. Yeah, so like, I mean, obviously Cara Finn scored a brilliant hand-passing goal in, in last year's All-Ireland Club final. I think there was maybe six hand-passes. So like, are you looking, like, look, my theory on this is that maybe that's a necessary evil. You don't often see that many brilliant goals in that. Like, is it almost like you're losing that, which is not ideal, but the benefit you get out of, you know, preventing these never-ending hand-pass sequences um, the benefits outweigh the, the disadvantages. It is, and, and we would also say that at the very least it's worthy of experimentation to see, because, you know, um, what it will require, and we recognise this as coaches and managers and, of course, players in particular, and that's why we want to speak to the players, is to maybe change the way that they use the hand pass. So at the moment there's the, you know, and again I've, I've read people who who, you know, perhaps know to a great extent regarding the actual coaching the game uh, particularly at the inter-county level I've read people who say that you know the increase in hand passing has actually led to a situation where players are you know unconsciously laying off the ball so they don't even need to think anymore when they receive the ball so you know restricting the number of hand passes will require them to think you know, both as a team and as an individual in terms of how they actually use the ball. So there's that and also inevitably there had to be discussion about the use of the hand pass in a team's own half, this sort of lateral hand passing, this sort of hand passing that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. We understand that that's a, and it's, you know, it's been made, the points we made uh, repeatedly that that may well be a response to the sort of blanket defence that people refer to that, you know, you're not just going to aimlessly, aimlessly kick the ball away. But by the same token, you know, we had to try and strike a balance between what was seen by many people as the sort of key issue, the overuse of the hand pass. I mean, you know the, from the figures regarding the use of the hand pass. In, in this year's All-Ireland final, it was up at 75% of all passes were made with the hand. And, uh, you know, eventually it came to a point where people said, well, you know, we really need to do something about this. In order to try and keep a sort of balanced approach to how the ball is distributed yeah. you know, so Con- all of those all of those factors considered yeah your fellow county man Conan Doherty here was making the point um, we were having a bit of a debate about it he was making the point that defensive teams will still go defensive and they'll actually be rewarded in that some team like Dublin actually has to kick it uh, on the third one and they'll actually ben- the defensive team will actually benefit from that mm. I can't understand that argument but I mean I would come back to the point I've made in terms of teams then having to be more creative about how they use a you know a sequence of hand passing so so for instance rather than in, you know up until now using a hand pass to get to a particular position on the field they might use a kick pass that keeps the availability of the three hand passes you know alive if you want to use that term so 
we recognise that point and you know again just on the balance of where where you're at around a lot of these things then you make a judgment call that you know a team would be able to negotiate the use of three hand passes two would probably in fairness be a little bit too tight for them so it's just we recognise it'll be a challenge for teams to adapt to that but we think that the, maybe the greater good certainly in terms of reducing the number of consecutive hand passing teams is probably is probably worth uh, worth that you know yeah well look, well I was saying to Conan I don't know whether you discussed this that like I mean if you are dropping that many men back you've got no real attacking game yourself if you do win it because you'll have nobody ahead of the ball so like I mean the the fact that you have to kick it on every after every three hand passes are you hoping that will encourage teams to leave more forwards up the field that they have an attacking game plan you know they have a they have an option for a forward ball when they do win it Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and again, it's, I suppose what people may term like an unintended consequence of that has to be that uh, if I'm in receipt of that third hand pass, then I know that the only way I can release the ball is with a kick. And whilst you know uh, that that will require adaptation for teams, they're going to have to have somebody who can receive that kick, uh, as you say, probably in a forward position. I mean, again, if the general principle is we want the ball to be going forward, if we want to, if we want almost the narrative, the discussion regarding Gaelic football to shift more to an offensive attacking type uh, discussion rather than a defensive one, well if that's the outcome of that intended or otherwise that's a good thing we we would argue Yeah, no exactly right, so the other one was the kick out, now the kick out obviously uh, when we were talking about this that the kick out keeping a traditional structure on the game might also discourage the really defensive systems because if you're trying to play a defensive system and then the ball goes out all your players have to run back down uh, do they have a certain mm-hmm. amount of time to get back reset into their into their defensive and attacking uh, kind of structure before the, the goal kick is going to get going to go out or is it up to referee's discretion yeah uh, well it's it's the second one but uh, we, we did quite a bit of um, you know timing around this issue so let's say uh, what people would understand is a more traditional kick out in other words you know, the goalkeeper retrieves the ball or gets the ball thrown to them they go out and they set the ball down they sort of survey what's available etc 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 all of that takes about 30 to 35 seconds there but now we're not talking about the, you know, the short kick out which is obviously much less than that that's down around 8, 9, 10 seconds but let's say if we were to take a traditional kick out well then obviously the, the players that would take up those orthodox positions or, or what people best understand is just the positions players take up at the start of a game or at ha- you know after the start of the second half then they have that time to get into those positions uh, but in terms of the actual rule what we're saying is that it's if it's, it's up to the referee's discretion to decide whether or not there's a deliberate time wasting, you know, act taking place. In other words, you know, people stopping uh, the kick out taking place because they're deliberately seeking to waste time. So we had to make provision for that. I mean, we have to be realistic that some teams may wish to do that we'd prefer if they didn't but if they did want to do it then we've got that provision and the rule for that you know? Yeah to discourage that the other one um, Conan made he's probably his strongest point of the whole podcast was that it's an absolutely huge area to cover between the two forty fives for just 
two sets of two that it it, mm-hmm. it actually won't encourage fetching it will encourage fast more nippier players to be able to break to the wings that you're, I know the, the the rule change is intended to encourage more fetching and contested one-on-one battles aerially but what will actually happen is that you will just see players starting in the middle and breaking to the wings an own merchant for example or a Carl O'Connell some really fast wing back and we'll see actually less fetching Yeah well what do we say about that is uh, you know we'd recognise that there probably now will be a challenge for, for all teams to consider what they do in that middle area in the sense that you know, I I had read uh, you know quite a number of people who have been promoting this idea, this sort of rule amendment. Uh, you know, a range of different uh, formats, saying that not until such time as the you know one of the four players in the middle section actually plays the ball can the players then you know leave the forty-five, uh, you know break through the forty-five. What what we're proposing is let's say a more realistic response to that, which is that as soon as the ball is kicked, so the goalkeeper takes the kick out, then they across the 45 so that's, that's yeah. the first thing similar to the similar to the, thing, similar to the throw in at the start of a game yeah yeah exactly and, and and the other point to make is that we have the mark already in place for the high fielding some people again would argue that that's helped with the high fielding we're not seeing anything like what we used to see let's say in the past but we're seeing some degree of that but I think you're right in saying that again might promote uh, faster players, break, as you say, breaking into the sort of you know wing area to take it to take a kick out. But I mean that's not necessarily a bad thing because immediately they're on the attack. They have six forwards in front of them to play the ball to. But also, we recognise as a committee that there is a sort of growing trend over the last couple of seasons for a goalkeeper to kick the ball out to an on-line halfback. We, we've seen a number of teams, you know. Um, like for example, Rory Began and Mullins, particularly at that. But obviously, Stephen Cluxton's uh, uh, very good at exactly the same thing. Yeah. And we didn't want to. We didn't want to prevent that because, again, that's an immediate transition onto the forward line. So, I mean, in summary, what we'd say is that it's not just about trying to promote more high field in the middle of the field. We have a provision regarding the, the mark for yeah. that. It's, it's more attacking. It's more attacking players. But, but more attacking but more creative use of that space you know. Right okay yeah. actually the one jumps to my mind is Jack Mc, Stephen Cluxton to Jack McCaffrey in the all in final was yeah. it for one, was it exactly for one right. of those goals yeah so like that's it the thing about it is is that because it's such a huge area to cover did you even consider maybe allowing uh, two sets of three have six players in there so that like there's a lot of ground to cover for those two midfielders inside that area and you, we know how many kickouts there are in a game Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's an argument. Uh, I suppose what we were trying to do was was move towards that more orthodox six b six in both of those positions. I mean, it's it's much like all of these. Like, uh, I would argue that if we, if we trial this and looks at some degree of amendment might be required in relation to that lineup, then you know certainly that's what the whole consultation process and experimentation is about. Yeah. But by the same token, you know I think it's a good place to start, and let's see how it goes. I actually think those teams that say that that it, that it arguably might be a bit restrictive might find if their if their goalkeeper is particularly adept at you know finding a running player in that mid section, they might find it's actually. A very good thing, you know. Yeah, no, that's interesting because me and Conor were kind of arguing over and back here, and you're saying that it's not even a bad thing if that 
happens that it's still an offensive uh, weapon to have a fast man in there and move to, and just get attacks going forwards in front of them mm. and it'll create a better spectacle one issue that mm. we both agreed on here was the poor club intermediate goalkeeper playing against the wind and, and it's going to hang up there and start blowing back around the 45 what happens in a scenario like that? Yeah uh, I mean we recognise that and, and, and we discussed that um the reality is that we don't have any provision at the moment for that. Uh, the only thing is that uh, you know that we do have a penalty in place of a defender, for example. The penalty wouldn't apply to an attacker, incidentally. Uh, but we do have a penalty in place of if the defender was to play the ball under those circumstances. So, it w- you know, the short answer to that is we we recognise that as potentially an issue in a very isolated situation, but we don't as as you know in order to gain some degree of practicality around the rule, we don't we don't have a provision at the moment for that. But we recognise potentially in very isolated issues that that might arise. That that might arise, and is it like obviously a case that if that's arising and it's landing in around the forty-five, and one of the midfielders comes through, fetches it, comes in over the fort, comes you know just catches it the other side of forty-five, is that up to a referee's discretion that every every effort has been made there to get it out past and it just didn't and you know it's up to a referee being smart and saying that goalie really attempted to get that out there it's a windy day it was caught inside the 45 is that like a, a, going to be a play on kind of thing maybe or that just a, a referee having to use his own his own brain I mean, in all of these things, there's, there, there has to be discretion. I mean, it's discretion at the moment to a large extent to referee. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to give the impression that, that there is a degree of discretion regarding that rule. Uh, we're just saying that, that you know, our proposal at the moment is that, that that the ball would have to clear the 45 metre line if it doesn't end as a penalty. So, uh, you know, I suppose to some extent that's what the feedback's about. People say that that's, you know, unduly harsh on, as you say, maybe some, some goalkeepers might struggle to do that. Then, you know, it might be a case where we have to make provision about that, but at the moment we're not envisaging having to do anything about that, yeah. Okay, right. The other ones then, just to quickly move through them, the mark. Um, I talked about this a good few years ago but I was talking about the offensive mark but you're giving defenders a mark as well which is a really important thing to do for me so it it will encourage them not to spoil every time and actually maybe try and catch it themselves Oh yeah, absolutely I mean, so I mean, everyone will know that we already have the mark in in Yellow Club so all all we're doing now is recognising the fact that you know, two two elements of sort of really important skills at Gaelic football that people, you know, listening to the show would be familiar with maybe from 15, 20 years ago, which was the ability to kick the ball over slightly longer distances, so, you know, 30 to 40, maybe even longer, 40 metres or so. To do that, people, you know, generally speaking, seem to see that as an important element to the game. And, and in particular, a clean catch from that kick. So, <clears throat> so... Uh, we wanted to do recognise recognise that, and and so that's really where the uh, what people would refer to as the offensive mark has come from. But you're right, we also wanted to reward uh, and incentivise defenders not simply to break the ball away, but if they caught the ball cleanly, that they could avail of that mark as well. And and just to tackle another issue, just come in relation to that, which is. You know, people say this will lead to, you know, six foot plus players just being positioned within, you know, that that, that twenty meter part of the field, and and it's just going to be an array of high ball being put in. You know, 
bear in mind that, that it applies equally to you know perhaps even a smaller defender who's an exceptional man marker and can anticipate a kick of that nature, intercepting it, maybe even catching it around the chest or whatever. I mean, they can take the mark as well. So uh, I don't think it's just a license for you know six foot plus players, you know, catching the ball above their head. So yeah. I think that's and obviously, and I have obviously, to, have to say, yeah. Go on, yeah, sorry, go on, go on ahead. No, I was just going to. I was just going to make a point that you know, if if there's any of these proposals that has received almost universal support in the sort of 24 hours, if you like, since they've been published, it has to be the this mark inside the 20 meter lane. Because I think, aside from anything else, what it does is it, it actually encourages people to look up, kick over a longer distance, and know that that you know know that that potentially could be rewarded. Yeah, you know why there was so much approval for that one is because it's my idea, David. Yeah, yeah. I did, I did, I did, see, I did see that you're laying the you know, trademark for that. Well, I, I am. You know, I did, I, yeah, no, I think it's, listen, you know, uh, I think loads of people think that they want to, to some extent, get back to a situation where we can kick the ball over a longer distance and, and recognise that, you know, if someone's good at fielding the ball in that area that they, they should be rewarded. Yeah. The other thing to say about that, Colin, is that, you know, people have said this potentially could slow down uh, the game in that part of the field that you'll have a succession of you know free kicks. Firstly, I don't I don't think we'll see that in terms of I don't think you know teams will necessarily employ it as a tactic you know an out and out tactic. It's a sort of almost a, a you know an outcome of of a particular phase in a game. That would be the first thing I'd say. Yeah. But secondly, it is it is designed to be like a fluid act. In other words, uh, you know the ball is caught and a player just sort of continues. And you know that they're not standing around saying like that was a wonderful catch. No, it's a it's a it's a movement out to the twenty meter lane. Obviously, if it's an attacking player, has got the ball. Movement out to that, and then then they take a shot at, at goal. So, so it's not it's not unless you're sort of standing around and you know everybody applauding each other. Yeah, know. and there's, we won't be having to look at free taking routines and all this kind of nonsense out of yeah. the mark catchers. They have to kick it too fast. The other quick one was like again, this is kind of the worst case scenario of this happening is. Um, a fella catches a mark he's a bigger man that wouldn't be as adept at kicking and he starts telling the referee starts stretching his hamstring and there's something wrong and the better player that's mm-hmm. closest to him taps so you know it might be at a, a bit of an angle on his bad foot mm-hmm. um, what's the situation there again that's the worst case scenario that might happen yeah exactly and um, needless to say we, we we had identified that potentially as, a, as an issue as well. So, what we're saying is that the, the referee, in those situations where where a player is either legitimately are, um, injured or you know potentially may, may not be injured, um, that the referee will identify the nearest player to the person taking the mark and and will nominate them to take the uh, kick. So, it it wouldn't be a situation where you know a very good free taker would suddenly appear on the scene and uh, would. Would take the the kick under those circumstances. It'll it, the referee uh, will nominate the person closest to that action as the person who's taken. Yeah, the kick. and may, so that's may, how that, yeah. be done. maybe another good one for that would be that if a player decides to do that and he's he's unable to take 
the free from a mark because of injury maybe he needs to leave the field and the referee call him back on you know what I mean it might discourage somebody trying to play mind games that, that he might have to yeah. go off for treatment mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, the referee just we'll finish up with the sin bin I think the sideline kicks is um, is a good one obviously sideline kicks in the game now wouldn't be great but when you're keeping the more traditional structure it's perfect um, the sin bin the two yellow cards I thought was an interesting one because obviously two yellow cards now you've got a red you're given two yellow cards and you just go into the sin bin for 10 minutes so that's probably the the, the most radical thing in the sin bin mm-hmm. uh, well to, to deal with the issue um, let's say across the piece I mean really you'll know Colin that this sin bin has been trialled previously and again there was very strong support for it and uh, when it came to Congress it wasn't supported which is entirely you know that's the democratic process but what people are seeing is particularly in the context of uh, of the black the black card is that you know you had quite a number of instances where you know people were being sent to the lane and it was being interpreted as a sending off in respect to the fact that teams were able to replace it it was essentially a sending off at least for the player concerned and what we're saying now is that you know maybe that maybe you know potentially that is a bit too harsh and yeah. uh, what what we want to do is recognise that a player would be sent off for that 10 minute period and that the other team would would immediately on the day benefit from from that uh, situation rather than having a player uh, replaced. And of course, many people quite rightly have said that you know, particularly those teams that have, have stronger squads, for some for some of those teams, really it wasn't a you know it wasn't a penalty as such. They were yeah. replacing with an equally strong player, so that's been said as well. But essentially, that's that's the thinking is that you know to try and bring uh, sort of a sense of immediacy to the advantage of the opposition team yeah. that'd be number one no no, yeah, no that, and, yeah and that's fine so like I mean I'd say you'd have universal approval of the sin bin being better than the you know punitive measure of having to leave the field but I'm just wondering why you've brought two yellows instead of a red you're off the field why two yellows now are a sin bin what was the thoughts behind that mm. Well, to some extent, I suppose this reflects uh, our desire to try to bring a, you know, a degree of sort of uniformity to to the introduction of these new proposals. So, um, we also recognise that the use of the yellow card sometimes can be for, you know, well, whatever people think for relatively minor minor issues. So, right. it would be wrong to say that uh, that. You know, it was a, a deliberate area that we were looking at, the two yellows leading to the sunburn, but certainly to try to bring a degree of conformity across the piece, that's, that's what we've decided upon. So again, people will know that if a, if a person receives a sunburn and comes back onto the field, then uh, if there was another yellow card issued or a black card, obviously, then that, that is accompanied by the red. That's accompanied by the red. So I think are, are, like I'm my reading into that. Are you trying to avoid all this non-stop debate about why it's a black card or why it's a yellow? You know, like I mean that the mm-hmm. the the punishment is a ten-minute punishment, but it's not enough to dominate the the analysis the following day. You know, like I mean it maybe uh, takes yeah. a bit of pressure off the referee. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have to. We spoke to the referees development committee. We have to recognise that you know these proposals, if they're adopted over a period of time, we have to be implemented by the referee. And so, yeah, we, I mean, we have to work with the referees essentially. You know, so that's really what 
that, well, that was another consideration, you know. So on a scale of 1 to 10, just to finish up, how confident are you that these are going to get through? Like, I mean, Congress is a, a shark pit when it comes to uh, rule changes. Obviously, all, all going to depend on how well they get through next next year's league if if it's decided to go ahead with them. Would you be confident? Do you, actually, the question here is, do all five need to come in together? Like, is, you know, the sideline on its own would be terrible. You know, the hand-passing thing without the kick-out and that re- that kind of reset might not work. Are they all dependent on each, uh, on each other? Do they all come in as a package or is it... Well, as, as certainly, you know, if we were to draw a line between these five, certainly if, if we were to leave the sun on the side for one moment, you know, like this, the four direct sort of rules that apply to the playing of the game, you know, that then clearly there are common the common things that the common principles, if you like, that we're trying to move towards, which is uh, you know, uh, emphasizing the sort of core skills, at least what people have been telling us, the core skills of Gaelic football, the kicking, the catching and so on. The the general principle of moving in to to the attack, to talking more about attacking necessarily than than defending. So, I mean, what we would say as a committee is uh, is that essentially we are just the conduit for for the sort of view of the people who will be directly uh, uh, you know uh, engaging with these rules. So, if the managers, if the players, if the officials and others tell us we think all five are a great idea. Uh, then that's the recommendation we'll make to the Custabanasi, the, the management uh, meeting that'll take place in November. That'll, I suppose, provide that final rubber stamp as to uh, whether all or some will 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 be introduced for the for the Alliance National League. Um, just, so, just sorry, sorry, so David. Just just quickly, yeah, say on. say when you get the feedback and you're talking 55% positive and 45 negative. Is that enough to put it through? Or are you looking at a really like a majority kind of a higher a higher percentage of of pro opinions? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, you know, obviously, we'd like a situation where there was a fair degree of you know majority support for for if a situation where there's a relatively decision. Then we'll go back to the evidence that has led us to these proposals, and obviously, as a committee, we'll reach a decision ourselves as to uh, whether or not uh, we want to make the recommendation to Christy Manasty. But I mean, you know, Theresa Condon told us times that situation arises, then we couldn't really you know, speculate in relation to that. But that's yeah. how we'll deal with that situation. You know. Right. Okay. Listen, David. Thanks very much for taking the time to explain that stuff to us. Not at all. A pleasure. We'll talk to you again. See you all the best, Colin. Bye bye, bye bye. All right, Colin. So, um, has he won you over? You're sitting there listening, listening intently. I, I loved when he more or less said that the kickout rule doesn't really work, but we're bringing it in anyway. He didn't say that. <laughs> That's your way of twisting it. He said he there's said no provision for the ball not travelling beyond the 45, so there's no rule really. That that's the well, there, like, I'm not being no I'm no not being no 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 no. He said there is right now. It's a foul. But when I suggested maybe in that situation, he says yeah, that, can, no pres- that can be looked for a keeper not being able to reach not being able to reach forty five. Played in Donegal before. That is tough to do. I'm not being pedantic is it, or is it difficult. For, is it for, if you're right? Say if you don't have a great kick out and you're going from the where do where does kick out from the thirteen the thirteen that you can't drive that as hard as you can and make it past forty five. Maybe maybe you can goal maybe even minor. Goalkeeping's not for you if that's what if that's what the yeah. But like it's just it's just another sort of little example and there's is. no it's not really black and white which. The, 
should be for a rule especially it, at this magnitude what I thought was impressive is he turned the negative you had about the kick out into a positive and went yeah if that's but what that's happens what I said what happened I'm saying that teams will win kickers and they'll be in attack every time but that's not necessarily a bad thing I think it will Sorry, I think he's sort of misunderstood I'm saying the team will always win the kickers no matter if it's Morin or because it's too much space to not win it so then you'll just win the kickers and get a shot away all the time because you're not under enough pressure that, that's what I think so this positive of winning the ball and having an attack I don't think it'll be good because it just means every time you have a kick out it'll be an attack and it'll just be up and down and up like you know with no real proper you'll have pattern a, or you'll tactical ha- you'll have a you'll have a you'll win a kick out with six forwards and six defenders in front of you yeah which, like it's you should going, be free when you win it as well so you're going you're going to take on a kick pass that could actually be kicked Hand passed away. Yeah, you know? so it's like just turned the game and it's six v six almost. Though, like that's what I'm saying. Like, and it'll just be like that. It'll just be <laughs> on each attack. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a concern. But the the teams, the team with the like, it, this is in an extreme example where an own merchant is playing. If Dublin play Kildare, it'll still be Feely versus Fenton in a fetching match. Do you know, it depends on what mid what mat, what teams play each other yeah. what way to win. it's still it, it, listen teams tactically will have to kind of find their feet on it all in all I do think they all have to come in together or I think that they're a bit wishy-washy I'd bring all of them in in the morning um, you'd bring none of them outside of the sin bin and, and the offensive mark in the morning I still think the offensive mark doesn't work as well the thing about the kick out and this is the really important thing to say is that this kick out will almost be the end of defensive systems because there's no way you can reset for every kick out it's just it's it just be impossible like we're almost with this new kick out rule you're almost guaranteeing the old traditional structure and they absolutely can break out into midfield and get and and win kick outs i do think that's a really important part of it I think the kick out from thinking it is the most complicated one but it has the potential to keep that traditional structure on the game and if you want to maybe send a midfielder back into a sweeping position drop a wing forward to midfield that's fine but just as long as the wing forward doesn't go too far that he can reset back into the kickouts, you know so you can still always ways of you can use both your midfielders as sweepers if you need to and bring two wing forwards out into their men and move everyone back but you won't be able to bring everyone too far back or else it's just a mess getting back yeah. for the next kick out but you know? again so it's not sort of set in stone what time wasting is and, you know, again I'm just, I can just see the messes of this at club level especially like you know as a referee how much time is he giving boys to get back up into the six yeah. is he really I think I think, I think the way I think with the intentions of this I think that if you've gone back in into your own 45 and you're tackling I don't think you've enough time to reset for the kick out I think the referee's going to blow that up I really I think that's what it's the intention of it is is that getting back that far is too far to go so you shouldn't be going back that far and I think that's what I think that's Jesus. what the intention of it is I'd love to see that in a club game and see how, how people reacted yeah but like I mean it, it, people always use the club game as in but that's Jesus, where most that's people the, play though no no it is and that's fine but it's almost like is the club game that lawless like for example for a throw it's, tro- it's for one a tro- referee is not the same standard like that's the problem it's not the same standard but at the same time like I mean there's loads of rules there that club referees deal with all the time like just because a club referee doesn't mean that he's a complete moron there's morons there's moron referees everywhere yeah, I think it's just another rule so you're back behind the 45 until the kick is taken just like when a throw in is thrown in and I've often seen it playing wing back wing forward that you might go that bit earlier and you might say everybody's back behind the 45 throw it in and then you break I, don't, I think it, it's not that hard that's a set play so it's really easy to get that back yeah 
you know just, yeah I think it'll slow it down a little bit as well if he's trying to police it anyways well done to the standing committee on playing rules um, and let's hope we see all of these um, and that's it and we'll be back tomorrow hopefully me and Conan will agree we've Ryan Wiley coming up on the show tomorrow he's a great player we'll agree on that <laughs> <laughs> we'll agree on something tomorrow Conan I promise you right we'll talk to you then good luck Yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.